0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Small State Podcast. Uh, my name is Beth Feldner. I am recording from Minot, North
1: Dakota, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel Pishtek and I am actually recording today in Hillsboro, where my office is located
0: starting out of our offices today, which is just how it worked out. Um, but today we have a really special guest on, one that we're really excited to have. I believe, was it Matt Purdue who recommended her, reach Yes, it was. Yep, it was. So we're kind of staying real local there. But today we have on Erin Hill Oban. So welcome, Erin. Well, thanks, ladies. It's so good to be with you.
1: We're so and excited. I, also
2: have, I have my uh, five-month-old, almost five-month-old son sitting on my lap. So uh.
1: here's
0: some
2: additional <laughs> noises. Oh.
0: <laughs> on cue. <laughs> yeah,
2: he's already ready to put on a performance. So Aww,
1: exciting. That's yeah. awesome.
0: Well, we're so excited to have you on here. And um, we can just go ahead and get started with the questions if you're ready for that. Sure. So the first question we always start with, which is the very basic of all questions, is where are you from? Where did you grow up?
2: I grew up in Ray, North Dakota. So that's how Matt Purdue knows me. I actually babysat him when he was little. Oh. Um I think it prepared me for a life of challenges. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I grew up in, in Ray.
1: Excellent. And so I'm assuming you also went you... to school in Ray?
2: <laughs> I did, yep. Yeah, I went yeah. to the, the one-building K-12 school. Um, one wing is dedicated to the elementary uh, grades, and the other wing is dedicated to 7th through 12th grade. So that is where I spent a lot of time and... Um, Obviously, it was a a great place to grow up.
1: Great. Um, So going to a smaller school, um, what activities did you partake in while you were in school in Ray?
2: Well, I always tell everybody one of the benefits of growing up in a small town is you get to try everything. You get to sort of dabble, (laughs) even if you're not good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tried uh, in sports. I tried basketball, um, volleyball, and track. I took football stats. I did the yearbook. Um, you know, I, I think I ran for student council and lost. I tell people uh that was the first election I lost. Yeah. And um yeah, so I I was in band and choir and just enjoyed really being active in everything I could be.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. another
0: question that we ask everybody and we've had a lot of ray graduates on recently but um a question that we always ask is when did you graduate high school and then how many did you graduate with
2: nice um i graduated in 2000 so uh big year that year and we had 27 graduates that was one of the largest classes ray had had in a very (laughs) very long time um yeah yeah so I'm. I'm. I'd love to find out who other other Ray J's you had on.
0: <laughs> we had Matt. Okay, and then I'm from Ray. Right. <laughs> and then we've had a lot of Rayites have been recommended.
1: Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And then and then Stephanie, who is Ken Mayor. Yep. So, neck of the woods. Okay. Yeah. Twenty-seven. That's pretty big. We. Beth is still, I think, has the record for the lowest. But I'm not with 11. But I'm not short behind with 14. Is how oh, many I graduated with in Lakota, North Dakota. Oh, nice. So yeah. So yeah. 27
2: so, was huge. We. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the what the deal was, but I was um, I was the second youngest in the class, and uh, we had just a just a lot of kids that year. So it yeah. was one of the so, bigger ones.
1: Yeah, so being that you're, it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions with people if they enjoy that experience of having a smaller class um, or they don't. So overall, what was your high school experience like? Did you have a, pot? was it positive for you? Was it, um, did it shape who you are? I mean, I think that's probably everybody feels that way, but were there any experiences that um, shaped you overall in your high school experience? Um.
0: I,
2: I I mean, I think at the time I felt like I had a pretty good experience. Um, I was, I I could feel that I was probably a little bit different from the, um, the kids who I graduated with Mm -hmm. in 2000. I, I actually was, um, closer friends with, uh, five of the girls that were a grade younger than me, but were actually closer to my age. Um, and I, I married a, a, a Bismarck boy who, of course, thinks that class A is just the only way to go. Right. <laughs> I, I brag all the time about how how great it was growing up in a small town where you knew everybody and you ran around town and didn't worry about anything. Um, you know, parents took care of each other's kids no matter who was over, that kind of thing. Um, so I am super, super glad I grew up where I did and in the small town that I did, but I also felt like I probably was not. I, I was looking forward to experiencing new things out of um, out of that small town too. And and my first experience doing that was um, going to Farmers Union Camp, um, where I met kids, you know, a lot of fellow small town kids, but kids yeah. from all across the state. Yeah. Um, and, and I just felt like I could let my guard down. Um, I think part of I don't know, part of the challenge of growing up in a small town is that everybody has a certain expectation of you Mm -hmm. or um, they decide what your reputation is going to be one way or another, whether that's um, true or or how you want to be known. Um, And I kind of liked the opportunity to go and be exactly who I felt like I was um, with nobody judging me and nobody having expectations of me for that week every summer. Um, So that honestly that experience going to Farmers Union camp every every year is probably what had a lot of um, influence on me and and what I ended up doing in life and um, but certainly I Have a deep appreciation for Small-town life for the people who keep Ray going and who make it the great town that it still is
1: Um,
2: Yeah, so I, I certainly don't regret growing up where I did
0: right Um, so we actually have a lot in common starting with um football statisticians and then um moving on to we both married bismarck boys who aren't big (laughs) fans of class b schools um which is we had my husband on earlier and he was talking about it too so it's great to hear that nice other people deal with that exactly
2: it doesn't matter (laughs) what generation you're from it's all sort of the same (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah right so i feel like oh sorry no, go ahead, Rachel. Um, I feel like we, I'm really intrigued by your, what you said about your experience because I feel like that's something that all three of us share, like growing up in like a sm- this a small town setting with a smaller class and feeling yeah. uh, just a little bit different than our classmates and having some sort of outlet outside of school. where you still made friends with other small kids, small town kids as well, and and inspired what you wanted to do? I really liked how you phrased that because I I. Identify with a lot of things that you said so that was very interesting. Thank you for that. Yeah description. Yeah, yeah Yeah. So that's interesting Awesome, it is
2: and it's it's nice to hear um, you know, I never want to make it sound like um, I think negatively about anybody who right loves the small and wants to stay in the small town I'm I'm really really thankful. There are people who um, like kind of the lifestyle of what a very small town has to offer because I do think it has a lot to offer. Right. Um, it just, it, it was good for me at the time. And and then when it t- came time for me to, um, you know, go to college and, and experience new things, that's just really where I think I was able to be myself and be comfortable, you know, f- as you get older, you figure out how to be comfortable with yourself. And absolutely. And I found that comfort um, after I left Ray.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of take a break from the serious development talk we always talk about, yeah. we like to ask some fun questions. Uh, sure. Uh, and these ones are food related, which it okay. is just about supper time. So <laughs> I'm <already laughs> kind of hungry. Um, so the first question I always like to ask is, what is your favorite place, not a chain, to get a meal in North Dakota? Uh,
2: my favorite place that is not a chain. Um, well, there is Toasted Frog is one of my favorite restaurants. It's you know in Fargo, Grand Forks, and Bismarck, and um, one of my favorite places to go for dinner or happy hour or fried pickles
1: specifically, (laughs) which they are known for. Um, Their fried pickles are fantastic. I just had them for the first time not that long ago. Oh, they are glorious. (laughs) Um,
2: But I also, I I think part of growing up in a small town and I worked as a waitress in the small town cafe, I still love small town cafes. So whenever I have a chance, when we're traveling through and there's a small town, I prefer to stop in a small town and stop at a diner. there is the little cottage cafe here in Bismarck that is like a small town diner that I love. Um, so there's a the Walrus is two blocks from my house. I, I I'm gonna have a really hard time choosing one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those are all great plugs though. That's awesome. Yes. So then to kind of go into more of a more of a home cooked food question. Yes. What is your favorite hot dish?
2: Um, I love hot dish. of all varieties probably my favorite is going to be it's a real toss-up between what my dad used to make for us and it was just the basic tomato soup um macaroni and hamburger
1: yep but he Um, would
2: mix of course like heavy cream or half and half with the tomato (laughs) soup so it was extra creamy Mm -hmm. um that will be it but it had to be my dad's um my dad just had that special way of making it um otherwise it would be tater tot hot dish with corn and not black uh, and not um green beans
1: i don't know if i've ever had it without corn like with green beans instead of corn oh really yeah i don't think i've ever heard of that before interesting yeah, the corn seems like a staple of that. So
2: I totally agree. Yeah. Every time I like scoop into a tater tot hot dish, it's like anticipation. (laughs) Is it going to be green beans or is it going to be corn? Right. Right. And my mom started like shucking just oodles of ears of corn at the end of, um, the season every summer. And so she will shuck it and, um, take the kernels off and freeze bags of corn. So I make mm-hmm. tater tot hot dish with that like fresh corn that she bags and freezes. And it just is that little extra special thing. That-
1: yeah, yeah. No, my mom oh, does gosh. that too. So I totally can relate to that and there's oh, it's nothing the better. Nothing mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. growing up after you grew up in, in Ray, graduated high school, what did you do after graduation? Um, I went to
2: actually Dickinson State for one semester and okay. um, did not did not feel that was the right place for me and I ended up transferring to University of Mary in Bismarck um, my spring semester of my freshman year and then I, I stayed there and
1: graduated
2: in May of 2004.
1: Okay excellent um, So when you're in college um, being I think it's pretty common for, us small town people to, um, especially going to a smaller uh, school, uh yeah. or college, I mean, it's pretty common to be very active on campus. Were there any experiences or organizations that impacted your career choice in college? Uh,
2: well, it, it actually would, it impacted me way more than I realized at the time, yeah. um, but I was not Terribly active in a number of organizations in college because I got a job, um, so I had, you know, I had to work. Oh, yeah, to make some money, and I ended up um, doing an internship um, while they just needed somebody to do kind of grunt work. But I ended up um, working for the North Dakota Democratic-NPL Party, um, and that was my first introduction into anything related to politics. I. I did not grow up in a political family. Um, we did not talk about politics around the table. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I just got this job because my sister was working um, in the Department of Agriculture at the time and working for um, the then Egg Commissioner Roger Johnson, um, who coincidentally now Matt Purdue works for yeah. <laughs> National Farmers Union. Yeah. Um, but she was working for Roger Johnson in his office, and he happened to be up for reelection. election um, So my sister just hooked me up with this job where I did data entry and, you know, kind of grunt work that needed to get done because they would let me do it around my college class schedule. Um, so because of that, um, <laughs> well, way down the road, I ended up running for office myself, which is not something I ever anticipated doing um, that yeah that that experience is the whole reason I got any sort of introduction into um, politics and government
0: right so talking about uh, your involvement in politics and government can you give us a little bit of an insight into what you're doing now
2: sure Um, I well (laughs) <laughs> through the course of time, <laughs> this this all happened just in such a way that it's it's hard to articulate, I guess, how I ended up doing this. But I, um, I was a teacher right out of college, and I took a break, what I thought was just going to be a short break from teaching, um, and I ended up working for North Dakota's only congressman. And um, after I worked for... For him, for two years, he ended up losing his reelection campaign, which is obviously just a part of politics. Um, You really don't have any job security beyond what you know your term is. Um, So, when he lost his job, I lost mine, and then ended up working on a campaign um, for somebody else running for statewide office. And um, just by becoming active and volunteering for people and working hard for people that I worked for, um, in what would have been, well, the summer of 2013, yes, the summer of 2013, um, a friend of mine who served in the North Dakota Senate asked if I would ever be interested in running, um, for the Senate in my district here in Bismarck. And of course I said no repeatedly. Um, I never, ever planned on running for office. I was perfectly happy working for pre- people and working behind the scenes, um, and after <laughs> being asked repeatedly, I ended up saying yes. And I, um, announced in January of 2014 that I was going to run for the district 35, um, Senate seat here in Bismarck. And, um, I ended up winning in November, 2014. So I am in the middle of my first term, um, serving in the North Dakota Senate, and it is, uh, a very... Hard job. There's a lot to learn, um, but it's very rewarding knowing you are in a position that not many people um, get to have in representing, um, you know, my sixteen to twenty thousand neighbors who who live around me here in Bismarck.
1: Yeah. Well, c- congratulations, congratulations first, first, of first of all. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, so, can you, you talk, can talk about what exactly is. Um, yeah. it is it that is. you do in the North Dakota Senate? As far as um, are you involved with any committees? Sure. Um, any Anything and everything that you can tell us about the experience working there.
2: Okay. Um, so when I uh, was first elected, basically, you know, I was a freshman in the in the minority party. So there's not a whole lot of <laughs> seniority or right, right. that comes with that. Um, but my experience as a teacher is what really led me to want to serve on the education committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it is not often that... Um, when you come in as a freshman, um, again in the minority, that you get your first choice of committees. Um, there are uh, um, maybe 14 committees in the Senate, um, and there are a total of 47 of us. And though there are um, committees that meet on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Those are called our A committees. Our B committees meet Thursday and Friday. So you are assigned to two committees unless you um, are appointed to the Appropriations Committee. That committee which deals with all anything with money attached to it um, they meet Monday through Friday Um, so I requested to serve on the education committee and was lucky enough to um, be selected to serve on that committee and my first session uh, my B committee was agriculture Mm -hmm. Um, now this the second I again am on education and I'm on uh, my B committee this this session is energy and natural resources so Um, I'm learning a lot about uh, new issues that I hadn't been involved with the previous session, but I am very happy to have returned to education um, and to really bring the perspective of a teacher. We have a wide variety of experiences of people who serve on that committee, from school board members to former administrators, um, business owners serve on it, and, and I am the only what i say is you know that my experiences as a teacher so that's the perspective i try to bring to those conversations
0: sure can i ask what what did you teach
2: i taught seventh and eighth grade math oh yeah I'm Arlie
0: larson okay <laughs>
2: uh, a lot of why i did that i think is because arlie larson was um he was a heck of a teacher he's one of those ones that really stands out um sometimes because he's he was a goofball sometimes because he was yelling at us and making sure we were um, staying in line. But he was one of those teachers that was really able to to reach me um, at an age where I think, you know, you're looking for somebody to make sort of an impact on you. So um, he was yeah. my seventh grade math teacher, and I think that's probably why I became a math teacher myself.
0: Right. And he's still currently an administrator at Ray Public Schools. there sure is is. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you're so involved in North Dakota as a whole, but kind of on a bigger question, why do you think you've chosen North Dakota as your home? Graduating college, I'm sure you had lots of opportunities and you kind of fell into what you did in such a natural way, but uh, did it ever cross your mind to leave or to look for other opportunities? Why did you choose here? Sure.
2: Um, I think that part of probably why I stayed here was growing up in that in such a small town. I think um, for me, spreading my wings was taking me to Bismarck. Um, and what I love about North Dakota, Eco- it just, it feels like home to me. There's, there's no other place I've ever felt that. And I love to travel. I love to experience new places. I love to learn about cultures that are not like mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, I always want to come home here. And um, I've never questioned that. There was a period of time, it was after I had worked for um, the congressman who, who lost his reelection campaign. Um, and I was newly married, and my husband and I had considered, um, we talked about joining the Peace Corps and seeing, you know, just going and doing something meaningful for a short period of time. Um, but in the end, we we ended up staying here and, um, And I think that that was, that was for a reason. Um, I I just feel like this is where we're supposed to be. And um, it feels good to be secure in that decision and to know Mm -hmm. that, that I really felt like going somewhere and starting, starting over would be really difficult to get your foot in the door to do something meaningful. Um, So that's, That's ultimately, I think, why we both decided to
0: stay here.
1: Yeah. And with that, um, kind of uh, (laughs) off of that question, what are there any goals or any accomplishments that you would like to see for yourself or the state? What is your end game? What would you like to achieve? Which I realize is a very big (laughs) and heavy question. (laughs) It (laughs) is. Anything like that that you can speak to. And that could either be um, the vision of North Dakota, or it could be for yourself, whatever you would like to share? Mm -hmm.
2: Um, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll fully disclose. I am 34 years old. Um, and I am a new mom. So Mm -hmm. this is, this is a whole new world for me. Right. Um, and it's given you, given me a whole different, um, purpose and a whole different focus than I have had, um, for the 34 years up to now.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, My end game, I don't really know. I've never been somebody who wanted to dig my heels in or set my sights on something where I started making, especially now in politics, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to make strategic decisions based on whether or not I think I'm going to get elected again or I want to do what I think is right and what I think represents the people who elected me to that seat. Yes. And um whether or not that means I have a future in this, I don't know. And and frankly, I don't want to plot my my um my political experience that way. Yeah. Um I think it I think it's um disingenuous to do that to the people who, who, you know, have trusted me to do this for as long as they as they ask me to. Um Beyond that, you know, that's a, we have a citizen legislature. So most of us, um, well, most of them frankly are retired, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, if we're not retired, we have jobs. And, um, I, I right now am an independent consultant. Most recently I spent a couple years serving as the executive director of a nonprofit. Um, and, and since my son was born, I did take a couple months to be with him, um, before the legislative session started. So I'm going to have to figure out in the short term um, what <laughs> what I'll be doing. But long term, I just have always wanted to figure out um, what makes me happy and yeah. what makes my family happy. And yeah. um, my father passed away uh, not even quite a year ago. And he was way too young. And I think about how hard he worked um, you know, to, to make money. And, um, and one of the things he told me is that, you know, he worked so hard to do that and now he doesn't have any time to, to spend it or to spend time with his family. And that's not something I ever want to, to feel. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, during the time that I'm here, I really want to make sure that, um, the decisions that I'm a part of and the discussions that I'm a part of, are what's good for especially um, young families. And th- there seems to be a lack of that perspective right now in the legislature. Um, and so I think about places that have really great family leave policies. That's one thing that I mm-hmm. um, am constantly thinking about and and trying to figure out how we can make some gains in the state of North Dakota to make this a place that families want to come or want to stay. Um, because our generation um, doesn't just want to focus on their careers; we want a balance between career and family. Um, so that's that's one thing that, that I want to do. Um, in addition, being on the being on the education committee. Um, <laughs> sorry, my husband just got home and is taking the baby away now. Oh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, I get to be a part of really awesome discussions about the future of education in North Dakota and what that looks like and how we make sure we create an environment where all kids can learn. And one phrase um, about our public schools, they talk about how they will educate any kid that walks through, um, is carried through, or rolls through their doors. And I want to make sure that that experience is good for every kid who calls um, North Dakota home so I got to be um, really involved in a bill this last well during the session um, it, it's called the education innovation bill um, and we're just trying to create an environment in our schools where teachers can be more creative and more flexible with how they deliver education um, because we really want kids to be learning the tw- you know 21st century skills um, which don't just involve being able to recite, you know, reading, writing, and math, I guess. So, right. Yeah, so that, that is um, a really – it keeps me very fulfilled um, to be a part of those discussions in a way that I miss from being in the classroom. Um, so I haven't completely written off going back to the classroom. I feel like that is a place where, you know, just like Arlie Larson um, left an impact on me you don't forget those good teachers. Um, so in the end, I have no idea what I want to do with my life, but right <laughs> <for> <laughs> now I'm just having anyone. a lot of fun. <laughs> I have a lot of fun trying to figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: That's such a good answer to that question. And mm-hmm. I really thank you for for joining us today. It's been so great. Um so I guess I kind of want to move into kind of skip a question here, but I think uh, you're on such a roll. Um, so, what advice do you have for young people, um, you know, high schoolers, college students, young professionals here in North Dakota? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, my advice is to get involved in what you care about. Um, that sounds really simple, but. I think we have so many things that can distract us now. Um, really busy, busy schedules, and um, my advice is to find something that you truly care about and then get active in it. When I, you know, when I go to church, I look around and there's there's young families coming up and they're really getting involved in church in a way that mm-hmm. maybe, um, you know, the generation older than me maybe hasn't. Um, mm-hmm. but, but my parents' generation, that was something. Um, that everybody did, and whether it's church or nonprofits or um, advocacy groups, you know I think about <laughs> groups like the AARP or the American Cancer Society or there are all these ways where you can be involved um, to any extent that you want to be and and really make a difference in your community. Um, you know we have organizations here one that that I have been trying to get a little bit more in touch with. Um, new American families coming in who just need help, um, as they're coming into the community and most of them are coming in and, and, um, moving in with family who already live here, but who need help furnishing an apartment or something like that, or, um, spending an evening, one evening a week with them, um, helping them learn English. These are things that, that make communities what they are. Um, but they don't happen without the the time and talent and treasures of the people who we live around. So.
1: Yeah. Um, sorry, there is my microphone. I'm muting because I have a fan in my office that keeps blowing. Oh. So <laughs> sorry, that was a weird. Hopefully, we can be edited out. Pause. Um, <clears throat> no, that's all very good advice. And I work for a nonprofit myself. And that's something that I struggle with um, a lot when I see people, especially on Facebook, complaining and griping and um, not even necessarily that or hurt or feeling unmotivated. There are so many opportunities for us to get involved and do something that we care about. And um, change. we really do have the power to change things if we just take a moment and try. So that's really great advice. And I hope that all of us can heed to that. Even Beth and I, who are involved, not that we're like miracle workers or anything. I don't mean by that at all. But um, that's really great advice.
0: But I think
2: there, you know, those are opportunities that are available in every community. It doesn't matter Absolutely. what community you live in. I look <laughs> at um, a girl I graduated high school with, who's who lives in Ray, who is, I mean, organizing all of the church functions for now, you know, her kids and her kids' friends, and yeah. Um, an, another you know guy I went to high school with who is the coach and so I, I just think about all these ways that um, you can leave real impacts without having to you know be a millionaire leaving behind a bunch of money um, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know w- whatever it is you can give um, I think I think you should give so
0: yeah yeah awesome so uh, kind of to to wrap up uh the part of the podcast about you aaron um the way that this podcast kind of functions is that we ask our guests for recommendations for future guests we're all connected in north dakota it's a really small state which is where we get our name from Uh um and we all kind of know each other from different ways so what we would like to ask you is for three recommendations for future guests um, who they are how you know them and what they do and uh, we'll be giving them a call Sure. Um,
2: okay. So I'm glad you at least gave me a heads up on this so I could try to think of <laughs> somebody. Because I would, of course, I think like all my friends are really interesting. You should talk to all of them. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. uh, Josh Kramer is a friend of mine. We went to Farmers Union camp together. Uh, we were then on Farmers Union summer staff together. And he is um a mili- military veteran, he's got uh, five young kids, and he recently was—he um, recently got the job as the head of all of the North Dakota RECs, so the rural electric cooperatives. It's an incredible job. He is um, so so good for the for the role he's in, and um, um, he's just a really good really good guy. So I would suggest Josh Kramer. Um, Amy Helgo is a friend of mine. She is, actually, she would love this. Um, She is a radio show host in Fargo at KFGO. Um, She's known as Amy Eiler on the air. And um, we know each other, oh gosh, through probably, actually, I met her when she was in high school. And I was, (laughs) I was interning at the Democratic Party. So she... Uh, Was still in high school when I first met her. And my, I have to choose three. Is that right? Yep. One more. Um. Oh boy. I. Have you talked to Ryan Taylor yet?
0: No. Oh, that's a great. But I did see him in Red Lodge a couple weekends ago. You did. (laughs) I did. I saw him, and we're coming. (laughs) We're coming down the mountain, and there's the, he doesn't have his cowboy hat on because he's on the mountain, right? right? I'm pretty sure it was him. I'm like 80%. I'm not, sure.
2: not going to lie. I'm a little surprised he still didn't have his cowboy hat on.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was him because he has just a really recognizable smile. Yeah. And then I'm pr- also pretty sure he heard me tell my husband, that's Ryan Taylor, because okay. then he was, like, smiling at me, and I'm like, I don't know you well enough to say hi. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't. He
2: he would have remembered sure. if you would have said, I was working at Jamestown College. Um doing the uh, I can't remember now what it was called but I know that that you met him there.
0: Yes, I did. Yep.
2: Yeah. So, I would say Ryan Taylor. He's got more stories than anybody I know.
0: He'd yeah. be awesome. I'm so glad you recommended him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And so that kind of wraps up the business end of this podcast. Um okay. <laughs> we you're you're very good at answering. We kind of got good. through it in very record good. time. Oh. Um So now comes to kind of a little fun part of the podcast that we like to do, which is we like to do, um, we call them like plugs, but it's really just recommendations because we're all so connected to uh, pop culture and we're all consuming things all the time that we like to talk about something that we're currently obsessed with. Um, So we usually start to let you kind of figure out what you want to talk about. I usually have like five or six things, but I think I've only got one today. Okay. so, Reach, did you want to go first?
1: Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Mine is very basic, as it usually is. Um, and it's uh, it's really weird. It's not even necessarily a plug for anything. Um, but I cannot stop thinking about, I don't know if you guys watch the Academy Awards, <laughs> um, but I cannot stop thinking about the flub last night. Oh. Uh, I've just read about it all day. I was it, not watching. It is was I was speechless for like two minutes it was just a crazy it was a crazy moment I was with one of my best friends and we were just sitting on the couch in my home watching and then all of a sudden there was all this commotion and that because Warren Beatty apparently he looked at the card he saw that it was incorrect and that it did it said again Emma Stone best actress for La La Land so he like looks at it and he opens the envelope, looks at it, looks at it, then looks at Faye Dunaway and says, Faye, and she goes, uh, you're impossible. And then says, La La Land. And then all the while, and of course, most of those like production and um, tech awards, it's not just it like wrong. one person. Well, they knew it was wrong, but it's not just one person, especially for best picture every year, it's like a majority of the crew so and, and cast. So a ton of people go up there And then they all realize it's incorrect, and it was really sad and unfortunate. Um, It was just a really weird moment, but I have a history of loving when things go wrong. (laughs) I really, I know, it's really kind of strange, but like... I really like seeing, not seeing dysfunction, but like, I like being an onlooker. Like the first time I ever went to Mount Rushmore, there was a tourist that got arrested because he was literally climbing up Abraham Lincoln's face. And like ever since then, that was when I was like 10, I was like, yes, I love this. (laughs) I love seeing things, things go wrong, which sounds so like sadistic within, with going wrong within reason. So right, that is right, my, right. that
2: is my plug. Uh, that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like just the, um, but I, I don't disagree with you. It's like, it's like the, you know, the, the saying of watching a car accident only obviously yeah. not as a car accident right but you just yeah i i admit okay i admittedly was sleeping by 9 30 last night um, right i Same. did fall asleep watching the oscars <laughs> but i missed the the um the mistake until until i woke up this morning and um and checked it out but yeah that's that's really unfortunate.
1: (laughs) It was really unfortunate. And it's, it's also one of those things where it's like, I am such a fan of like structure and um, order. And so when things do go wrong, it is nice seeing the things that are in place to correct that issue. Um, Also, I just, I, I, I'm not really a gossiper myself, but like I love like celebrity gossip. It like, it like gets that part of my brain going. Like that feeds that. So, like, when, so when it's like, oh, would, it's like, it's fine. Like that can go, I don't care. Like it's just fun for me to like indulge in. So, yeah. yeah. Like, a, I, yeah, it's like the
2: car wreck thing. I have one indulgence that's similar. Um, I, w- I watch The Bachelor. I can't help it. I yeah. get, I tell people I get to have one mindless thing
1: mm-hmm. where, I don't,
2: where I don't have to try to figure something out i don't have to you know respond to anything i don't have to think about it after the fact and well,
1: yeah yeah
2: i'm the same that's the bachelor
1: yeah i'm the same <laughs> way except i watch all of the real housewives franchises um which is <laughs> all of them all of them literally i could tell you i could have a phd in real housewives uh drama but yeah no it's just it's nice to have that mindless thing um, right um just to like Indulge in and you don't have to think about your life, like oh I can't believe he said this to her and he did that. Yeah. Right. Totally. Right. That's <laughs> totally. awesome. I've learned so much about both of you in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I'll move I've on to all, but... <laughs> I'll move on to my plug, um, which is a little bit celebrity focused still, which is kind of fun. Um, we bought Chrissy Teigen's cookbook. Oh Um, cool. Creamings, I I think it's called. Yeah. Um, it's really, really good. It's really approachable recipes. There's only like one recipe that's a whole roasted fish that you just can't get that fish here. (laughs) But everything else is like super approachable. And this weekend we made brunch. We made um uh skill tomato skillet eggs. Uh it was so good. And we've just kind of been cooking out of that cookbook as much as we can because the recipes are all delicious and um, it's fun to try new things and to get better in our kitchen. And then I just ordered a new cookbook called the dude diet, which is, and I think I'm going to like it more than my husband does. Cause it's, it's uh refined recipes for the unrefined palate that are also healthy. So it's like nachos that are more interesting than regular nachos and also healthy. So I'm just really cool. excited about it. Cause I could eat the same thing every night. I'm very into like routine and I don't have a very complicated I like simple things like tuna hot dish and spaghetti, and that's mainly it. Um, So it's been really fun (laughs) to kind of –
2: The palette that we developed growing up in Ray.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yes, exactly that. And like Vicki Leesner's egg salad. Like if I could just get all of those things, Mm -hmm. then i would be cool. But um, it's been kind of fun to branch out and check out new things. And yeah, I would definitely check out those cookbooks if you see them. Recipes are great from them. Then the other thing I'm actually going to um, plug, which sounds so stupid, but it's made my life so much less complicated this last year, is Google Drive. We use it to organize this yeah. podcast. I use it to work when I'm away from my desk and to work at home. Um, go Google Drive. You save my life every day. Yay. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Big fan yeah. of Google Drive as well. So Aaron, what do you have to plug for us?
2: Um, so my plug, when you said, like, what are you obsessed with? what are you obsessed with right now okay two things one is um very practical i guess if you are um new parents and the other is just um, oh no oh dear
0: really great timing
2: yeah (laughs) seriously he's he's impeccable good work yeah um so the first one is um a baby brezza, which is like a Keurig machine for baby bottles. Cool. It is the most amazing thing ever. Um, so there's a there's a like a container on top that you put the powder formula in. There's a container along the side, just like a Keurig machine, um, that heats the water to the right temperature for the baby bottle. You press a button and it makes it the number of ounces of a bottle that you want, and it's ready to go.
0: Um, that's awesome. Seriously. Awesome. Genius. That's amazing. Um,
2: yes. So I would, to anybody, um, who is, uh, who has a baby who, you know, they aren't, aren't breastfeeding or whatever. That is amazing to make bottles. Um, and I, okay. So my husband brought out this other thing to plug <laughs> now that he's <laughs> apparently full participating. Um, when our son started rolling over, and you can't swaddle them after they roll over, he would not um, stay asleep. He he would sleep when he was swaddled, but when he was not swaddled, he would not sleep. And so somebody told me about this, and now I have to share it with the world because it works like a charm. It's called um, uh, Magic Merlin's, what is it called, Sleep Suit or something like that?
0: Oh, I've Um, seen those.
2: Yeah, ba- baby Merlin's magic sleep suit. So it's basically <laughs> it looks like a fat suit. Um, he looks like a <laughs> like he's got a big snowsuit on. Only it's not not hot.
0: Yeah, they're uh, on sure. Instagram looking like astronauts and stuff. Yes. Right? So yeah. So
2: when I put him to bed in it, he lays like he's a starfish. Um, <laughs> really funny, but it just help- It prevents them from making their herky jerky motions in their sleep. Yeah. Uh, So that, yeah, that makes him sleep at night. Um, Okay, but my real obsession is NBC's This Is Us.
1: um, (gasps) uh, I don't know. Do either of you watch it? Um, My mom told me that I wouldn't be able to handle it emotionally. (laughs) So (laughs) I haven't watched it yet. But maybe when it, like, ends, which probably won't be for a while because it's so popular, maybe then I'll binge watch it in the future. But I've only heard good things.
0: I keep picking it up on the, it must be NBC's Live Watch website and Hulu, but yeah, I can't, it makes me cry. I have to watch it when my husband's gone. Like,
2: (laughs) it never fails. We cry every time. And I say we, my husband and I watch it together every single week, but it is so, so good.
0: And I'm a huge Milo fan and he looks
1: so good. What a babe, right? Yep.
2: Okay, we can all agree on that. (laughs) (laughs) So the storylines, um, our son is, we adopted our son who, Oh, um, so amazing. there are two storylines. One is an adoption and one is a father dying of cancer, which is how my dad passed away. And the combination of those stories is just, I mean, I am a disaster, but it is
1: yeah.
2: such a good show.
1: Yeah. Such a
2: good show. So mm. that, that is my current obsession.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Good plugs this week, team. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was a lot of fun.
0: Well, we wanted to say thank you, Erin. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much for taking the time. Um, We're glad we caught you on break, and this has been an absolute blast.
2: Oh, it was so much fun. I I now wish that um, I (laughs) was extending this longer, but um, we are off to a – middle school basketball game this evening so that should be entertaining
0: (laughs) yeah they're the best I used to coach middle school basketball it's serious business so um sometimes sometimes fairly painful to watch but (laughs) it's true I I
2: also remember what I looked like uh eighth grade was my last year playing basketball because that was not something I was good at
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. well thank you ladies this was so much fun yeah thank you
2: nice to join a couple class b girls yes
0: definitely always okay well we just want to say thank you to all who are tuning in to listen um thanks for coming to small state Podcasts. you can find us on facebook and instagram and all the other places at small state nd or at small state podcast or if you find rach and i on facebook um or anywhere else we i'm sure we'll share a link to it at some point so find it there um you can also find us on soundcloud and itunes if you search for small state podcasts um thanks for tuning in again and i hope you guys hope you guys tune in next time thanks bye bye Thank you.